This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 52. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. I am with my amazing, talented, beautiful, oh, handsome, oh, rugged co-host, Christopher, what's your middle name? James. James Graham. Christopher, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. It's been a little bit of a stressful week. We launched the Home Studio Lessons. Congrats on that, by the way. Thank you. We've had some amazing people from the podcast apply. So a lot. Which just to clarify, it was just the launch of the opening of the applications, not the actual platform, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, we started taking applications from people this week. So this was like three weeks ago, if you're listening to this on the day it came out. So man, it's been like unbelievable looking at those applications, but dude, I am jacked about today's episode. But first, how are you doing? Oh, you remember. <laughs> I feel like it was like 40 episodes in before you ever asked me how I was doing for the first time. Well, you just like transitioned us into the episode and I just was like, okay, here we go. Shh. It's because I'm so selfless, man. I'm so selfless. <laughs> I'm so humble, beautiful, man. No, I'm doing great, man. Trying to figure out all the engaged life. So there's a lot of planning to do. The parts that I don't like to do are wedding stuff. So I've told my fiance, I will answer yes or no questions you can take the whole the rest of it. She loves that because I hate planning that type of stuff. She loves that sort of stuff. I answer yes or no questions. She does all the big stuff and that works out. What I do love to plan though is the honeymoon stuff. That's the fun thing. I have some cool stuff that we're going to be doing for that. I am a planner when it comes to travel. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 I'll share some more of it later, but I'm not going to talk about it now. Okay, cool. Well, dude, let me pitch our episode today. I'm pumped about it. This is an episode that Brian and I have talked about doing for something like 30 episodes. Yeah, you've been pitching this episode to me nonstop every week for like the last eight months. And (laughs) today it finally stuck. It It was like, okay, I get it now. I get it. I get this situation. It's because, you know why? It wasn't because of the way you pitched it. It was because of the way you didn't pitch it this time. And that kind of gives you a heads up of what today's episode is about. Today's episode is not about what to do. Today's episode is about what not to do. (laughs) You know, we're all familiar with the concept of a to-do list. And those to-do lists are a little dangerous because when they get too long, you just get paralyzed by the length of the list. And I think one of the most important things you can do is not to have a to-do list, though I have one. I am fanatical about it. The thing that is more important than my to-do list is my do-not-do list, Mm -hmm. or as I have taken to calling it, my no list. So my no list has things that I am not allowing myself to do. And I think the best episode we can give to you guys today, the way that we can provide the most value is by talking to you guys about having boundaries in your life, having a no list, a do not do list. That's a list of things that you know are not good and that you shouldn't be wasting your time doing them. Yeah. So these are basically like a list of the way Chris has it at least. And this is something that I'm now going to be considering putting into my life. I kind of have these, you know, in the back of my mind, a lot of you have these types of things in the back of your mind, but these are essentially policies that you're putting into your life. These are policies that you're saying, I will not do this thing at all, or I will not do this thing until this criteria is met. Yes. And this is to help establish boundaries in your life. We've done a boundaries episode in the past, but it wasn't quite like this. The episode was more about boundaries you're putting in place for your clients. If you want to go back to that, go listen to episode number 10. 
keep clients from ruining your life using these seven boundaries. This is a different type of boundary. This is a boundary that you can help keep yourself from ruining your life. Yes. If you can create boundaries for yourself. So tell us about this, Chris. Yeah. So this is so important because we all get unhealthy at times. We all start making bad decisions. We all get in a position where we're like, I don't feel good about myself. So I'm going to do something to feel better about myself. And often, at least for me, I know for Brian, it's probably the same is when I need to feel better about myself, I do that with work. Mm. We talked about that last week on episode number 51, where we talked about just being bad at relationships. And it's where we all get to the point where we're unhealthy. We end up coping by working more instead of actually focusing on fixing those problems in our relationships with people. Yeah. So I really do feel like the best we can do for you guys, the best information I've got for you guys. And girls. And girls. I mean the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The non-literal guys. Y'all. I mean y'all when I say guys. (laughs) And so the best that we have to offer, something that you can immediately apply to your life and immediately see improvements in your life is the no list. Yes. Do not underestimate the power of the no list. It is one of the most healthy, most productivity improving, most health improving things that I do. And it's simple. It's just like a to-do list, except it's blanket statements. No doing this, no doing that. And I'm going to get into what exactly that is. But one of the reasons it's so important is opportunity cost. Brian, what the heck is opportunity cost? Opportunity cost is essentially this. Anytime you say yes to something, you devote time, energy, mental bandwidth, sometimes money to something, you are automatically saying no to a lot of other things. And by putting this list together of things you're not going to do, those are things you were saying, these are a lower priority in my life. These are things that I shouldn't be saying yes to because if I say yes to these lower priority things in my life, I'm saying no to all these higher priority things in my life. So opportunity cost is just missing out on opportunities because you are focused on the wrong things. Exactly. So case in point, you're going on a date with somebody. I love these dating analogies. You think they're okay. You're not super interested in them, but you got nothing better to do. Because you've said yes to that date, you have said no to the potential of another date with somebody else or to dating somebody else. When you are settling, you are saying no to future opportunities. And with these things, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have unhealthy tendencies. And a no list is so helpful in just kind of generating some personal boundaries of, I'm not going to do this. And it's different for all of us. For some people, having a beer or two every night is perfectly okay. For other people, that leads to a bender. For some people, it's okay to use Facebook on your phone. For other people, that leads to ruining your life with 27 hours per day of Facebook use. (laughs) We all have inclinations towards addiction in different ways. And through dealing with our own personal struggles in different ways. And this no list just helps you define. So I'm going to share with you guys some of my do not do list. You know, 95% of it is impersonal enough for me to not share with you. Yeah, I think it's good to show some examples so people have kind of an understanding of where we're coming from on this do not do list. Because again, these are more like blanket policies for your life that help you keep from doing the wrong things without any sort of guidance, without any sort of policies in our lives that are ideally written down. And I'm guilty of not doing this myself. I'm going to reconsider after this episode, but by not having these written down on paper, staring at us in the face and regularly reviewing these policies or this no list or this do not do list, we are going to tend to gravitate towards those things that are unhealthy. Totally. So first and foremost, where do you put this do not do list, this no list? 
Here's my advice. You probably have an iPhone right now. Or an Android device. I think about 28% of our listeners are on Android. Oh, seriously? That's really high. Well, I'm an Apple guy through and through. I have an iPhone and there is an app on the iPhone called Reminders. It's essentially lists that you can check stuff off in. It's incredible. Equally incredible is the Notes app. You could do it in the Notes app. I prefer the Reminders app because you can arrange your reminder lists however you want. My no list, the one we're talking about right now, is the number one list. It's at the top of my entire reminders application. It will always be at the top of my reminders application because it's the most important thing I have in my reminders app. So my list is called no. And essentially no is the first word of each of these sentences. It's also like the first word you learn as a child, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. You just start learning to say no. Yeah. No. So I'm trying to simplify here of like, this is called the no list. So my first one is no working before organizing my do list. My do list is the sister, the partner of the no list, otherwise known as to do, but I'm a minimalist, so I prefer do. So no working before organizing my do list. So when I show up for work each morning, the most important thing I need to do is to organize my do list. So if it's not on my do list, I shouldn't be working on it. I do that myself. Actually, if you're watching on Facebook and we actually end up using this video, I have a sheet that I fill out every day. Actually, I do it at nighttime and it's my today's plan of attack list. I love and it. I plan through my next day the night before I go to bed. That way I'm not tempted to just show up and start working on whatever fire I'm trying to put out at the time. Because that's the trap we all fall into. And that's what your no list is doing is keeping you from just diving headfirst into work with no thought or plan into what you're trying to accomplish for the day. Yeah, because when you do that, you know, I I remember when I was producing for a living, if I did that, I would dive in and be like, I'm going to edit these drums. And then at like 9 a.m. And then all of a sudden it's like 7 p.m. And I'm like, oh, shoot, all I've done is edit these stupid drums today. But I probably should have worked on the vocals to this song. That's more important. Ah, crap. Or done my taxes because now I have to pay a penalty. Or marketed myself to other possible clients. Oh, that's so important because I didn't get paid anything to edit these drums. I did it because I thought the song, quote unquote, needed it. Anyways, okay. So next item on my no list is no work or phone after lunch before nap. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. No work or phone. Yeah. I'm not allowed to look at my phone. I'm not allowed to work after lunch until I've had a nap. Okay, so your routine every day is basically eat lunch and then like an old man, take a nap. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that sounds so lame, but let me clarify a couple things here. One, Winston Churchill, Harry Truman, World War II, both of them worked an eight-hour day in the morning, took a 20-minute nap, worked another eight-hour day every day of the week. You know what, though? They're both dead, so that means you're going to die, too. They are both dead, and I probably will die, too, but they also saved the free world. So the nap, you have permission to take a nap. Taking a nap is not for losers. Taking a nap is for badasses. Yeah. How long are your naps, by the way? My naps are exactly 12 minutes every day. I physically cannot take a 12-minute nap. When I take a nap, it turns into three and a half hours. (laughs) I wake up feeling awful, and then I go to bed at 3 a.m. So my no list is no naps. Well, in my experience, so I've mentioned this before in the podcast, Tim Ferriss had a blog post at one point and he mentioned that falling asleep is a skill. You literally mentioned that on the last episode. The last episode. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need that skill because I usually lay awake in bed for an hour each night. So if I start taking naps, I have twice the experience falling asleep as someone who doesn't take naps. So I'm pretty good at it now. And I have tweaked the time that I spend taking a nap 
so that I get the most refreshment out of it. And I have found that 20 minutes leaves me less refreshed than 15 minutes. 12 minutes leaves me more refreshed than 15 minutes. 11 minutes isn't quite enough. 10 minutes isn't quite enough. I'm not saying you should take a 12-minute nap. I'm saying you should experiment to figure out how much time the optimal power nap is for you. The single best mental health exercise that I do, the single best refreshing activity that I do that lets me attack work again at full strength, hands down, is my nap. That sounds like something I need only because I'm basically worthless after lunch every day. Nap, dude. Except for podcast days because I'm forced to socialize. (laughs) (laughs) But I am pretty worthless and there's a noticeable drain on my energy. I do eat healthy. A lot of times it's a very low carb meal, so it's not like I have a big insulin spike. So maybe I'll consider looking into that. And I will also attest to what you just said. It was kind of breezed by, but that is experiment to see what works for you. Yep. When you were teaching me about coffee, we're going back to the coffee again, because we talk about this from time to time in the the podcast. If you're not a podcast regular, you don't know, Chris and I are absolute coffee sluts. We now roast our own beans. We are AeroPress guys. We have very specific ways we like to do it. Now, when I first started my coffee roasting, which you can follow me on Instagram, Brian Hood with two zeros, B-R-I-A-N-H-0-0-D. The only Instagram story I've ever saved, and that is my story of the first time I ever tried to roast coffee. It was a shit show. It was a train wreck, but it was funny, but still rewarding. But after that, I got Chris's guidance and I followed every single thing that he does to a T, exactly how he does it to roast and brew the coffee the way that he does it. Tasted amazing, loved it. But what I learned is over time, as I experimented, as I tried different things, as I tried different roast levels, different origins, all these different things, I found that I like a lot of things a lot different than Chris Graham. Probably, yeah. And what a Brian Hood cup of coffee now tastes like is nothing like a Chris Graham cup of coffee. So at some point, we need to have a cup off. Do it. I don't know how to say it. Next time we do a meetup or something with you and I both there, we're going to bring our coffee skills to the game and we're going to do a blind test and see whose coffee they like more. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. We should go to NAM in January or something. Yes, I 100% agree. So that's the plan. All right. So anyways, that fun story was just to say, without experimentation, I would have never found what truly worked for me that I truly liked. And so now I will try the nap thing. I will see if I can manage a 15 minute nap. I'll try 20. I'll try 30. I'll try 12. We'll see what happens and I'll report back to you. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and that I think should be your take home from what we just said is don't take the things off my no list and just do them, experiment and then write it down and make it a policy. And for me, the 12 minute nap right after lunch, no work, no phone, go right from lunch into the nap is a massive productivity improver. Massive. One quick question about that is how do you time the nap? Because one thing I've noticed is you can set a timer, but like for a 12, 15 minute nap, what's to say you set the timer 15 minutes and then sit there for 10 of that minutes and you only get a five minute nap. Funny you should ask. I have a thing that I do with this. I love the Apple watch. I don't have like the new fancy one. I have a, it's like three generations old. So it costs like nothing, but it has that little vibration thing built into the watch. So what's awesome about that is I leave it on while I'm sleeping. First and foremost, I put it in do not disturb mode so that nobody can contact me during the nap because So help you if you interrupt my 12-minute nap. I will be mad. But when I set a timer, my wrist vibrates. And that is just a really pleasant way to wake up. So big fan of that. Do what works for you. You don't need an Apple Watch to nap every day, obviously. This isn't exactly like cutting-edge science But again, how do you time the start of that timer? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. I use the timer app. 
on my watch. So I can. So you just know that if you set a timer for 12 or 15 minutes that you're going to be able to instantly fall asleep without any struggle? No, it's not about instantly falling asleep. It's about laying there for a certain amount of time. You're going to fall asleep at about the same amount of time every day. So you know like, well, I'm going to lay there for 12 minutes. I might only get seven minutes of sleep, but I'm committed to, even if I'm not falling asleep, I don't get up. I lay there for 12 minutes, period. If I lay there awake for 12 minutes, I still feel refreshed. Worst case scenario, I'm like 60, 70, 80% as refreshed as the best nap I could possibly have. I'm like going nap crazy here. So I'm going to keep going down my no list here. Yeah, yeah, keep going. I, this is just something that intrigues me. So uh, yeah. apologies for anyone who doesn't give a damn about a nap. No, you should. Of all the things on this list, at least for me, the nap raises the IQ the most, hands down. Like I nap every day. But the most important days to nap are podcast days because I'm just so much sharper. I'm so much, I say such more interesting things. <laughs> okay, so my next one, no work after 4 p.m. or on Saturday. We've talked about this in the past, but having a Sabbath, a day where you just don't work that's specifically designed for recovery, take it or leave it. But man, I think that's the way human beings are made. We need one day a week off. Mine is a Sunday and I will sit all day, I will watch NFL Red Zone and watch my fantasy team dreams crumble and die. That's amazing. But yeah, so no working on a specific day or no working after a certain time, whatever works for you. So this is kind of an interesting one. So for those of you guys that know me, you know that I'm a systems guy. My systems for mastering enable me to be customer focused, to be relationship focused so that I'm interacting with people and doing art for a living as opposed to like all of the other administrative stuff. Well, let me stop you there. If you don't know at all what Chris is talking about here, go back and listen to episode number two, where I interview Chris and he gives us all the rundown of all the stuff he actually does to set up his business so that he can focus on his creative tasks. All of it is coming down to systemization and automation, but yeah. continue on, Chris. So the big thing there, you know, I've advised this before. I think one of the most important things you can do if you want to grow your business is set aside time to work on your business, not for it. That's primarily systems. So that might be a system to help your assistant prep your sessions, or it might be a system to get files consistently in a certain way from clients. But most of my systems are integrated either into my website or either in my computer. And as a policy, no system upgrades on Mondays or Fridays. I always am looking to improve my systems because it helps me be a better mastering engineer, helps me build better relationships with people. But if I make a system upgrade on Friday and I did it wrong and it breaks on Saturday, it ruins my Saturday. Yes. It ruins my sense. Sabbath. That's not good. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. 
It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. So when you have upgrades to make, are you just taking notes each week? You're like, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to fix this system. This problem came up. So now that to get to the root cause of that problem, I need to fix this part of my system so that never happens again. Right. And then you make sure you never do it on a Friday so that you can't ruin it for the weekend. Right. So I never am like, you know what I need to do today? This thing on my system. I never just sit down and just start doing that if I'm in a healthy mood. I put it on my do list and eventually it gets high enough up the do list where it's important enough that I needed to do it. Got it. So yeah, but the big thing there is no working on a system that's like, so case in point, if you have a website that clients use to book you and you're like, hey, I'm going to install this new plugin or hey, I'm going to change the settings around and I plan to take tomorrow off. Don't do that. Make the upgrades, make the changes when you know you'll be available in case it breaks tomorrow. For the inevitability that it breaks tomorrow. The inevitability. That will happen. Yes. Because yeah. if you plan to take the day off after you do systems, there's this guy named Murphy, aka Murphy's Law. He knows about it and he will come for you. <laughs> can you state the Murphy's Law just for people that don't know what that is? Murphy's Law is whatever can go wrong will go wrong. So true. So, so true. So funny story. Let me digress. This is hilarious. This whole podcast episode is one big digression. So it it's is. fine. It is a lot of digressions. <laughs> so um, we announced homestudiolessons.com. It was a few episodes back. I went to the bank a couple months ago to get a new bank account because Home Studio Lessons is its own LLC. And I'm sitting there in the bank with my wife. And in our country, yeehaw, you have to go to the bank to get a business account. This is a newer law and you can't register for a business account online. You have to go there and it takes about an hour. And my wife and I, like we got a babysitter, we're sitting at the bank and a storm starts to roll in right as we sit down and it starts to thunder and lightning a lot. And I'm thinking Murphy's law, whatever can <laughs> go wrong, will go wrong. And I look at the banker and I say to her, you know, I was like, this is going to take us about an hour. And here's what's going to happen. This huge storm that's rolling through, we're going to be 99% done. And with one minute to go, the power is going to go out and you're going to lose everything. And we're going to have to start over. And she's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And no exaggeration. She was literally like, two mouse clicks away from being done and the whole system goes down and we lost everything. (laughs) It was super strange, but like, it was just like, I got this sense of like Murphy. Yeah. I can feel him. Probably shouldn't have told you were witchcraft. She thought I was a witch for sure, but I was like, no, I've just, I've done business stuff before and (laughs) this is going to be the hardest it could possibly be. 
All right, so what's next on your do not do list or your no list? Yeah, no reading less than 10 minutes per day. It's so funny because a lot of these are just like, it's your do list as well. You could say to-do list every day or part of my habit or part of my routine is to read 10 minutes at least every day. But by positioning it in your head as a no, as a do not do, do not read less than 10 minutes a day. It's just a little different. I don't know. Yeah. And honestly, the reading thing is on both of it's on my do, my do list and my no list. It's the first thing on my do list in the actual things I do every day. First thing is sit down and read or think for 20 minutes. My first hour every day after I get back from the gym is devoted to reading. Love it. And I love that because I'm in a healthier spot. Like right now I'm reading this book called Rework, which I couldn't endorse more. It's the easiest read in the world. It's so encouraging. Yeah. This is your second time reading it? I think it's my third. Third. Okay. As I say, I can see it on my bookshelf across the hallway there and I've never read it. So. It's so good. Every other page is a picture. <laughs> so it doesn't take very long to read, but just to spend a little bit of time reading a self-help book like that, is really amazing for me to walk into my important work with a healthy mindset. And Rework is just great. It's fantastic. I would say it's top 10 for sure. It might be top five for me. It's so wonderful. It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. I may have to actually read it one day. Yeah, I'm like rereading it and seeing what I highlighted before the last time. It's been a few years since I read it and I'm rereading it, but like, oh gosh, yes, I need this in my life. That's my favorite thing about underlines is like, I rarely go back and reread the underlines I started doing the thing you taught me, which was dog-earing pages where it's like, I am going to do this thing. I never was a dog-earer until I talked to you about that. But so now I'll go back and just read the dog-eared pages again that I underlined, but I don't go back and reread the entire thing. What I like about it is when I go reread the book a year or two from now, I have those things I've underlined and I'm like, yeah, that was a good thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So one more digression. If you're reading books, my advice, I love Kindle, but if you read a physical book, I'm a physical book guy. I can't do Kindle anymore. That's totally fine. If you're a physical book guy, use a highlighter or a pen, highlight the good stuff. And if it's really, really good, dog ear, the bottom corner. If it's any highlight, dog ear, the top corner. And that way you can grab the book, pick it back up again, read all your notes very easily because you can go right to the page with the highlights. So you can read everything you've highlighted in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And it's like you just reread the book. Huge freaking hack right there. And that's my thing too. I love libraries. Libraries are the greatest thing on earth, but there is nothing you can do that's a better investment than buying a great self-help or business book. They're so cheap. The ROI on that is crazy. Yeah. Bonkers. So yeah, like if you're absolutely dirt poor, meaning you don't eat every day of the week, then use the library. But if you've had every meal in recent memory, because you had enough money for food, buy the freaking book, man. It's 12 bucks or 14 bucks on Amazon. It's so cheap. And for your ability to go back easily and reread, or at least look at your notes, priceless. So let me keep moving on. No is the next one on my no list. This is super, like just specific to me. No leaning on my left arm. I know that's super weird. (laughs) I have left side issues. I have broken bones knock stuff out of place, et cetera, many times, but only to my left arm, never to like my legs or my right arm. So all my aches and pains are left arm related. And when I get stressed and overwork, I lean on my left arm and then it gets inflamed and I have to do like hours worth of yoga to get my body back right. So for me, like that's sort of a nervous twitch that I have. I lean on my left arm when I'm stressed. So having this list as a constant reminder helps you keep from doing that sort of stuff. Now, exactly. that's so oddly specific to you that literally everyone's like, why the hell do you even share that? But I do think it's important for people to understand that this list isn't just for 
your business. This is for personal life. This is for little aches and pains that you have. This is just for those little reminders that help make your life better. And so I think there's a lot of room for you to really fill out a long and thick no list. Yeah. So that leaning on my left arm is good. If I do lean on my left arm, I get achy. And if I get achy, I don't work well. I'm distracted by my pain. So it does directly go back to business. Oh, totally. Totally. I have to work less the next day if I'm achy. So one last thing for me and the uh, items on my no list that are impersonal enough to share. This last one's the most personal. No arguing with my wife without waiting 20 minutes. So one of the things that my wife and I are trying to do is when we're like, have something we want to fight about. It's like, okay, what's the disagreement about? Okay, we've stated it. We both understand where we're at. Now let's take at least 20 minutes off. That way it's settled in both of our minds. And if it's still important in 20 minutes, then it's worth the discussion. Sometimes it's not important after 20 minutes. We're like, ah, I don't really care anymore. Well, it wasn't important enough to have a fight over because our fights are usually a lot longer than 20 minutes anyways. Yeah. So that's something that we're trying to do. Um, that's a little more recent in our marriage. That's been good of just recognizing like if we just start arguing about something, we go down a nasty path a nasty rabbit hole if we just take that 20 minutes and wait, it's so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that'll be interesting to do now would be kind of to help listeners formulate their own do not do list. So if you're listening to this episode, you like the idea of having a do not do list. I know that I do like the idea of having a do not do list. Maybe the first item on my do not do list is to not work again until I have a do not do list. Maybe that's the first item. Meta. No working until I have a do not do list. What are some ways that you can help people really start looking at their own life and come up with their own do not do list? Are there some questions that to maybe ask yourself, maybe some specific areas to go to first? How would you start to formulate that? Well, we get to talk about our favorite business tool ever, which is the 80-20 principle. Ooh, and I love it. I love it. I love it. You need to look at your life and figure out is there something that causes 80% of your exhaustion or 80% of your sort of mental unhealthiness? For some people, I'm just going to say this like- Out of love. Out of love for our musicians and musical, creative, left-leaning everybody or right-leaning or whatever you happen to be politically. Many people to just say, I will not make political posts or participate in political discussions on Facebook. Oh, dude, if the world embraced <laughs> that, what a change oh, that would boy. bring. That would, would, that would great. save Facebook to me. Yeah. That would literally save that social network to me. Yeah. So to just like get furious because some stranger on the internet disagreed with you, for some people that is like absolute pure poison. It's all they can think about for the rest of the day. And all they want to do is come up with zingers and nobody gets convinced. Nobody's mind no. changes. No. It's just a waste. The arguments from other people make you feel justified in your opinion. And your opinion infuriates them and makes them feel justified in their opinion. So all you're doing is pissing each other off. I will say this. If you want to hear more on the 80-20 principle that Chris talked about, go listen to episode number 45 where we discuss that in detail. But the gist of it is if you're, for some reason, haven't listened to that episode or you've never heard of the 80-20 principle, it basically states that 80% of your causes, the things that are frustrating you in life, come from 20% of those actual things in your life. So when you start talking about creating your do-not-do list or your no list, Look in your life. What is frustrating you right now? What is a cause for anxiety or exhaustion or pain or suffering or something that makes you cause pain in other people's lives? Those things, it takes some self-awareness. It takes some introspection. It takes some thought, but you can probably pretty quickly come up with those things in your life that are causing those problems. Start there. Put those on your do not do list. If you have a drinking problem, 
You may not be able to drink moderately. You may have to say no alcohol, period. End of story. Maybe you have a sugar problem. That's something I struggle with. I can't really have sugar in moderation. I basically have to say no refined sugars, period. There are people that can do things in moderation, whether it's arguing, whether it's talking politics level-headedly. And then there's people that have absolutely no moderation in any way, shape, or form in several areas. And those are the areas you should probably start with when formulating your own do-not-do list. Totally. Well, this is a really healthy conversation. This 80-20 concept as applied to what creates unhealthy tendencies in you of just recognizing what those tendencies are and outlawing them. So there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Dropping the band hammer down on those things. I like the band yeah. hammer. I believe it or not, I use the parental controls on my iPhone and I have certain websites outlawed on my iPhone, CNN.com, <laughs> case in point, because I know like they're just trying to make me mad. They're trying to enrage me. So I'll read their article. I made the joke a couple episodes ago, but I'm gonna make it again because I still love it. It's constant negative news, CNN. It's always some crazy headline that just the headline alone pisses you off. Yeah. And so that's why I love the gym that I go to. The gym only shows sports and sports is generally positive and fun and things that I care about. Whereas if it's daytime or morning news, it's always like, here's the worst shit happening all over the world. The world is terrible. The end. Let's clarify that. I'm sure there are people that can listen. They're like, I don't know what he's talking about. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me furious. That's great. Good for you. I struggle with that. If I Google news on my phone and then Google news pops up, I will I just go crazy. I just like can't stop. I just keep going. So I've got all these websites blocked on my phone so that I don't struggle with it anymore. I go through phases where I don't have any social media whatsoever on my phone. I took over two years off on Instagram just because it was an unhealthy place for me. Now I'm back. I love it. Chris underscore Graham. Check me out. Yeah, parental controls are great. If you struggle with any, like porn addiction, that's another way to use parental controls yep. where you are not allowing yourself to access certain sites. Sometimes it takes you having one moment of clarity and saying, I'm going to make this so that I have no option for that and putting a line in the sand and saying, I'm not going to look up news or I'm not going to look up porn or I'm not going to look up Disney's website because I'm under 18. Whatever it happens to be, block those sites on your phone so that you are not tempted in a moment of weakness to go to those websites. Yeah. It sounds strange. It sounds bizarre. But at the same time, like as an adult, you have to know what your weaknesses are. And if it's alcohol, maybe you have to make sure that your friends hold you accountable to some of these things. But unfortunately, there aren't parental controls outside of your phone. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm sure some people are listening and are like, wow, they're being really preachy today. Here's the thing that this isn't the service of. Two things. One, so you'll have a better life. Because what's the freaking point of having a six-figure home studio if you hate your life? We do get self-helpy a lot of times on this podcast. This is one of those times. Number two, back to what you said at the very beginning of the podcast, opportunity cost. When you can take an area of your life that's unhealthy, that's exhausting, and remove it, you now have energy to put into other areas of your life, like building your business. If you are exhausted because you play Halo 17 hours a day or Fortnite or PUBG or whatever it happens to be, and you just cannot put it down, those are hours lost that you could have been working on your business, that you could have had an inspiration to write some great song. And not only that, that's energy lost where the next day you're not going to be quite as perky as you could be, and you're not going to be quite as good at your job as you could be. Yeah. Another thing about that is when you get sucked into those areas of your life that you struggle with, that you should be just cutting out completely. And I'm speaking from my own experience here. When you do those things, 
and you are less creative the next day, it starts that downward spiral. You're less creative, so you don't feel like working. So you fall back into those things that are comfortable for you and unhealthy for you. And thus the cycle continues downward and downward and downward until finally, hopefully you pull yourself out of it. And it ebbs and flows. I'm not a perfect person, neither is Chris. So sometimes I'll get into video games too much. I went through that cycle probably a month ago. Now I haven't played video games in like three weeks at all, but it ebbs and flows. So we're not saying that we're perfect in any of this stuff, but what we're trying to hopefully do is help equip people to get past those struggles in their lives that are holding them back business-wise, relationship-wise, where you go back to the last episode, we talked about relationships. Overall, happier life. It sounds so damn self-helpy, but really, man, all this stuff works in tandem to improve your business. Well, and a little history lesson here. One of my favorite things to do is read biographies. I got into this because I was trying to learn how to be a better business person. So I read Mark Cuban's biography, his autobiography, and he said, you should read biographies. So now I do. (laughs) Yeah, I almost bought you a Benjamin Franklin biography at some old decrepit bookstore. It was like an original 1800 something. Oh, his autobiography. Oh, I would have liked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very familiar with it. It was very expensive. So I'm sure. (laughs) So here's the thing. If you read a lot of biographies, what's amazing is that you see someone's life from pretty much birth until death. That's kind of the worst part about biographies is the the hero always dies at the end. Unless it's the uh, Warren Buffett biography in which he's still alive. That's true. That's true. But it's amazing because you read a biography and you can look at someone's entire life and you can extrapolate their success from their character and lack thereof. And it's really awesome because a lot of times you'll see, oh man, they should have just laid off the sauce. If they would have done that, everything would have been great. You know, you can clearly see ups and downs in their life. If they just had that rule and didn't drink, boy, they would have been great. Or, oh man, they just should have avoided X, Y, and Z. Or they should have John Adams, one of our founding fathers in the United States. If he just wouldn't have been so argumentative with people, like he would get really obsessed with arguing with people he would have actually been a good president. Like he got so intense when someone would disagree with him that literally second president of the United States of America made it a law. If you write something bad about me in the news, I'll put you in jail. And he did. Alien and Sedition Act. If he just would have been like, hey, don't like argue with people, just chill with that a little bit. It wouldn't have destroyed his life and a lot of his legacy. You know, (laughs) for all of our complaints about politics, journalists aren't getting thrown in our country like they were in 1802. So there's that. So just to kind of wrap this episode up, kind of appreciate today, kind of digressed a lot today. At the end of the day though, you have probably had a few things pop into your head listening to this episode where you're like, damn, I really should add that to my do not do list. That's correct. You should. And that's a good place to start. And if you can do that, and then review your list daily, because that's one area. If you don't actually look at this list after you create it, it doesn't do you much good. You'll start to see some changes in your life and you'll start to see that you're naturally not gravitating towards those things that are not doing you good or that are not helping you. And I think that's going to be our hopeful takeaway for you from this episode is to just implement something similar to this, whether it's a rules of life list or a do not do list or a never do this damn thing again. And it's just one thing, whatever it happens to be, make it work for you and take this recipe. Can we how I talked about coffee earlier? Take this and adjust it for your own use, but you can take something from this episode and make a massive improvement on your life. I love that, Brian. I love that. And this seems like a throwaway episode in some ways. I could see how some people would think that. Yeah. I feel like people are going to love this episode or absolutely hate it. We right. shall see. My encouragement to you guys is do not underestimate the power of a do not do list. It is crazy powerful because you will probably not 
fail based on your ability to succeed. You'll probably fail because of a vice. It'll probably be a character flaw that's going to cost you everything. And when you look at history, when you look at biographies, when you look at the stories of how the mighty have fallen, it's always vice. It's always this one thing of like, you know, not to get all super preachy, but let's go for it. Samson and Delilah in the Bible. If he had a do not do list and was just like, dude, stay away from Delilah, it would have been great. But instead, (laughs) it cost him everything. So I want to leave you with a book recommendation. It's a book called The Art of Saying No, How to Stand Your Ground, Reclaim Your Time and Energy and Refuse to Be Taken for Granted Without Feeling Guilty. Kind of a dumb title, uh, but the main title is The Art of Saying No. And if you are the type of person that struggles with saying no, not just in your do not do list, but in life where you tend to say yes to everything and then people take advantage of you, I think this is a good time to start putting those bandages in place. And I would start with that book. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I don't know about you, but it's about time to make a do not do list. I think that's the the secret sauce I've been missing because it can just be so easy to just fall into the trap of doing things you shouldn't be doing simply because you are falling into habits or routines without thinking about it. And I think that do not do list, if you put it as part of your routine where you're reviewing it every morning or before you go to bed, I think it's going to help you or maybe it'll at least help me keep from falling into those habits that can uh, really stifle my business. So next week, we're going to be talking about uh, something that we've never talked. Actually, I say we've, we've never talked about. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, I'm going to give you a little hint here. Did you hear that? That's the, uh, that's the gear slut alert. If you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, we do not talk about gear in this podcast. That is on purpose. It's because gear is typically not what makes or breaks your studio. I've not seen many studios fail because they didn't have gear. I see them fail because they don't know how to make a business out of what they already have. I've seen so many studios succeed with minimal, minimal gear. And then I've seen so many studios fail with tons and tons and tons and tons of gear. So this is a topic that we intentionally stray away from on the podcast, but Next week, we're going to be talking about gear, which is so stupid. But I think the way we handle this conversation, it makes sense. It's on brand with the Six Figure Home Studio. So next week, we're going to be talking about the non-gear sluts guide to gear. That'll be coming out bright and early next Tuesday morning. Until next time, thanks for listening and happy hustling. Whoa.